Doop, 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 doop. Not ever watched an episode of Kim Possible. You you never have? No. That's yeah, a good show. Yeah. How's it going? Eh? It's going okay. Good. We have no, we have no pre. Well, we have very few pre-arranged topics. <laughs> we have <laughs> hastily arranged. <laughs> yeah. Hastily arranged talking points, mm-hmm. topics, and so forth. It's true. On episode sixty-four of it's just called Two Brothers. <laughs> uh, I'm Marcus. I am James. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, one and everyone. <laughs> yeah. To quote Homestar Runner. Mm. I just have to remember. I had a music share, and now I can't remember what the heck it was. But uh, was maybe it, it'll come to so, me. Was it something by Blue Oyster Cult? It was not. Oh, good, because that's my ma- music share. All right. <laughs> Might as well get right to it. Sure. Um, I, was, I think uh, BOC is a, um, I won't say underrated, but <laughs> underplayed in the classic rock genre, hmm. okay. I think. I, I, I almost never hear them on uh, you know, the Legends channel and the classic, uh, classic rock channel. Really? Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it's very strange because there's a couple of big hits. Mm-hmm. They had uh, uh, Don't Fear the Reaper is the biggest. Yep. Yeah, and I was wondering if um, if you think because Don't Fear the Reaper was so um, hmm, so prominently panned <laughs> and brilliantly panned in... Um, ah, that's not the right word either. It wasn't panned. It was just used mm-hmm. in, you know, as a, a vehicle for SNL. Yeah. To uh, pa- parody, do you mean? <laughs> I guess it wasn't really. It no. was just um, appropriated. Yeah, because they that's didn't a good change one. That's a good one. The, the song at all. No, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's right. Just the, the circumstances behind it. <laughs> yeah, just so uh, I think I'll go back to it being a uh, sort of a vehicle for Will Ferrell to mm-hmm. to do his thing. Of course, uh, and it just kind of. Took off, blew up, and well, and between for, the hit, um, him and, and and Christopher Walken, yes, for Christopher Walken, his thing <laughs> Both. as well. It's yeah. funny because I was just looking at um, uh, there's a video about how Saturday Night Live made their cue cards, mm-hmm. and it was really fascinating. You know, the the same uh, guy, the same man, has been doing it since 1975. Basically, has hmm. been in charge of the cue card assembly line. Uh-huh. And there are a lot of them. He said they, they he thinks they go through about a thousand a week Whoa. per show. Wow. And that's not all on the show, but there's a lot of duplicating because they need to uh, hold up the cue cards above <laughs> multiple cameras. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For various sight lines, you know, sure. it's a three camera shoot. Okay. So there's a you know, there's a a, a, a straight on stage and there's a stage left and a stage right view mm-hmm. generally. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. can so they can change it up. And uh, so, so they're not all looking at the audience. You know, they can look off camera, and obviously, most of them just read the cue cards. But yeah, I also found out yes. I found out why it, this, the, the video points out why they do that. It's not because they're lazy about memorizing lines. It's because the writers are literally changing mm-hmm. the show sometimes right up to you know the like sketch during, itself during the sketch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> During the sketch before the one that's going on, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I they'll have to re- quickly, you know, redo that. But but certainly at least up until rehearse or, or up until show day, they'll yeah they'll change the the thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what they knew before isn't necessarily what they're go- going to be saying. 
mm-hmm. you know, the lines are going to be different. So yeah. uh, they have to be able to um, that like uh, that would throw anybody off. You know, you're worried that you're going to make a mistake. You you know, you're going to remember it wrong if you memorize mm-hmm. it all. Yeah. Now yeah. cut back to uh, Macaulay Culkin. His interview on Ellen when they were talking, she mentioned, you know, he hosted Saturday Night Live when he was mm-hmm. uh, nine or whatever. <laughs> he said, he said, uh, Kit, his father, made him memorize the whole script. Uh-huh. So for that one, they couldn't really change his lines, and they probably wouldn't have necessarily wanted to because he couldn't, you know, uh, they didn't want to mess him up. Yeah, but he, uh, but boy, did he do a great job. <laughs> yeah, that was a good show. Memorizing the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I think it was one of the I like it's one of my favorites certainly if you mm-hmm. if you have favorite <laughs> episodes of Saturday Night Live there's that one there's the Paul Simon one you know where he uh, wow can I even differentiate <laughs> which Paul Simon hosted episode <laughs> there's a sketch with him and Victoria Jackson on a desert island and so forth the uh, mm-hmm. yeah that's Excellent. I'll try to find the, show the, the link for yeah, it it's really Duke. fascinating um, I was not th- I wouldn't have thought that Duke it Arts. was because they were changing mm-hmm. you know right up to that point um, although that makes perfect sense uh, I was just thinking not that they were lazy but um, mm-hmm. they're, they're doing it all within that week so I mean that's short notice mm-hmm. sure. yeah, yeah yeah some people have more difficulty lo- memorizing lines of that boom there's a show yeah but yeah and I'm sure at a certain point you think, well, what's like, who cares? What's the point of memorizing anything? Because you just run through it, get the gist of it, and then you'll, you know, you'll read the final version. Right, right. Well, and then think about it. They don't even have the week. They've they've got, you know, probably half the week is writing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Well, they do a read. So um, uh, I was listening to Pandora this morning and uh, Burning for You came on. And I was like, oh, yeah, Blue Oyster Cult, what do you know about that? And, um, but, you know, I've got the, the mm-hmm. Rush station and the Boston station and the Sticks station and the Yes station, you know, and they all play, um, yeah, they all kind of play around mm-hmm. those uh, those bands, each other. Journey comes up a lot, uh, Ario Speedwagon, Foreigner, that all, that all comes up on basically each of those stations. Um, but then, uh, yeah, but, but I had never heard any Blue Oyster Cult on, on any of them until today so yeah good um yeah uh i saw let's see i was first aware of them when i saw the album cover that you had bought uh the album that you had bought i saw the cover of that um i assume with don't fear the reaper which one Uh, i i don't know the one that had all the um sort of uh vaguely cultish Oh, it's the uh, one with the literal blue oysters as a cult. The occult symbol symbology and sort of and uh, yeah, they're, blue they're sort of and... hooded figures. They're they're all holding blue oyster shells. Mm, okay, so it's blue oyster cult. Yes, yeah, a... um, the one with the reaper is the one with the magician and the cards fanned out. Oh, that's Agents of Fortune. That's where Reaper is on. Oh, okay. Then it, then that wasn't that one. It was yeah. the uh, no. It was the album before more literal. Thing. Okay. Uh, well, you had that. I think they got a live album in between, but yeah. Huh. And, and then I think it was. It may have been a cassette tape. Now that I think about it, it may have been. It was. What's that? Your the your. I, no, I had an LP. You did okay. Yeah. All right. Records, children. <laughs> <laughs> vinyl. Yeah. When vinyl was all there was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so I I liked them at that point, but um, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think they get enough play hmm. compared to some of their contemporaries. Hmm. Um, how much of the rest of their catalog have you listened to? Just those two. 
I see. <laughs> Enough to name. I mean, I, I, I'm sure well, I listened to uh, those Godzilla, albums that you right? had. Hmm? Yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, but a lot of it is super nerdy and out there and yeah. prog rocky. Right. Those are way more pop oriented songs. Yeah, and yeah, not yeah. A lot of the, the a lot of stuff is harder than that too. Heavier. Yeah, I don't mean that they um they deserve it for their whole catalog. I just mean e- even considering those uh um super songs, uh super uh-huh. hits. Yeah. Uh they don't those even don't get played as often I was as I would expect. Well, yeah, there's a lot of classic rock, so it's a lot to choose from. All right. <laughs> <laughs> But what what's your what's your share? What's your actual share? No, burn it for you is. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I like I've always liked that song, but uh, well, me I was, too. it surprised it's me excellent. when it came on. I was like, hey, I haven't heard that in years. You know, I was like, oh, good, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, uh, always as always, you know, some fodder for religious fanatics to claim that they're satanic in some way because <laughs> he's living for giving the devil his due. Yeah, well, and I mean, cult is in their name, so they got to be bad. But the funny thing about that song is. In parallel to ACDC's Highway to Hell, <laughs> both those songs are about living on the road as a touring band. Hmm. Which and they both they both mention Satan's <laughs> way. That's very strange. Huh. So they and they both were excoriated by certain types. Yeah, for, well, uh, for the language without you know understanding the metaphor. Right. Of course. Of course. Truth is truth, man. <laughs> well, let's uh, play a little of that. Okay, then. I thought you already did right when I mentioned it. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, good. Yeah, it's uh, fun. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good tune. Yeah, there's um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's a ton, a ton of Blue Oyster Cult material. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me, in the sense, uh, you know, as far as my my take on bringing this up as a topic of yes. Although yes, what mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, were they? Did they have as super hits as Blue Oyster Cult did in their um, time? Owner of a Lonely I mean, Heart was gigantically huge. Yeah, but other that than that, was, that would be the one. Yeah. Owner of a Lonely Heart, and then to a lesser extent, uh, Love Will Find a Way. I think. Hmm. But there were there were a few on. Um, 90125 that were sort of hits. Yeah. So they and they still get played along with Roundabout. 
Well, they get played, yes, certainly. Uh, I just don't know that they were quite as big. But, I mean, I really like them. And they're not as, yeah. especially, yeah, 90125, mm-hmm. not a zip code. What, no. Their record company's uh, catalog number or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Catalog number of that album. Yeah. Has, uh, they were originally going to call it Cinema, I believe, because the band was going to be called Cinema. Oh. And that was before John Anderson rejoined. Mm. And then, wow, I forget who got him back, but uh, Squire and Rabin and Alan White, I want to say, uh, you know, they several of them got together and they wanted to do this project and they didn't want to call it Yes. And, you know, Steve Howe wasn't involved. He was doing other things. Mm-hmm. And then John Anderson came and they were like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's John. And I, I am in total agreement with Trevor Rabin that John is the soul of the band. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't have John, you really don't have Yes. Mm-hmm. Is he the lead singer? Yes. So, yeah. Um, Zing. Indeed. So, Owner of a Lonely Heart, Hold On, It Can Happen, Changes, mm-hmm. Leave It. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, mm-hmm. that's uh, half the album is, is big stuff. So, yeah. But other than that, um, like Roundabout, I think, was is popular among fans, certainly. It's, mm-hmm. and, and it's, Roundabout is popular with everyone. Everyone likes Roundabout. Okay. Um, but I don't think it became... Uh, as far as on the charts, a big one. Um, I guess probably not. In rock circles, yeah. strictly, it would be the thing. So then Roundabout falls in uh, there. That's from their earlier stuff, and they were sort uh, of, yeah, I want to say breaking the mold in a way, sort of uh, yeah. jazz conventions in a rock mold? Mm-hmm. No, in a rock mm-hmm. frame? Well, that was what no. uh, progressive rock was you know partially about and some a lot of it was classical tradition Mm -hmm. in a rock envelope yeah 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 (laughs) yeah in a rock vein uh but sometimes it was jazz yeah and then that and the other way went uh fusion Mm -hmm. fusion Mm -hmm. was rock elements in a jazz frame and uh i don't know there's still still some bands working that Mm -hmm. certainly but uh, there's still some bands working you know progressive some of those grandiose Epic, classically influenced, big things, mm-hmm. but just you know, it's not, it's not a as popular a genre anymore. But yes, they were they were you know at the forefront, mm-hmm. and so influential on a lot of prog or prog influenced bands that followed, like Rush. Yeah, so, you know, super duper influenced by Yes, mm-hmm. along with the I guess Yardbirds and uh, the Who, and you know. Everybody that uh, they covered on feedback <laughs> did, did wait. Buffalo Springfield and you, Cream and wait. Yes, was around before the Who. Uh, or are you talking no, about just that uh, that shift from the Who? I'm just saying going into the, the, the bands that influenced Rush. Or oh, Rush. oh, I thought you were saying that Yes influenced the Who. I was going to say well, no, no, no. Yeah. Aha. <laughs> no. Little crossover there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got you. Both of those bands influenced you know other bands that I like now in, in, you know, the power pop and prog rock vein. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, I still really like uh, the, that sort of melodic side yeah. more than the technical side. Mm-hmm. Personally, speaking personally. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of, uh, that I wanted to bring up the Fatherly Podcast, which uh, thank you for uh, putting me up to. Okay. A week or so ago. Did I? Yeah, you were you um, you sent me a link of something about. Oh, uh, I did get- too. You're right. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, because I, it, it was um, uh, some kind of. Uh, what, what was the article? It was was it about- the one about lessening your kids' screen time, or was that it the- was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that was excellent, and then especially younger 
like re- very young children, yeah. getting them not super addicted to to screen time. Um, sure. But the one of the one of the episodes is uh, children have horrible taste in music, <laughs> and the subtitle is something like uh, you know breaking them free from bra- Baby Shark, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, so it talks about how you can try and influence their them in, into. Uh, branching out and not just uh, working on little kidly songs mm-hmm. or whatever they're into as well as fed by the culture, yeah. you know? Right. Like you can like what you like, yeah. but we're going to listen to these other things as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I really like about your approach. I'm very proud that you, you know, have a, a, a big hand as you probably <laughs> inevitably would <laughs> as a, as a musician and a teacher, um, you know, g- gently, you know, moving to other venues and, and horizons mm-hmm. saying, yep. Okay. Well, we listened to that. Now we're going to listen to something that mom and dad like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or mom or dad. <laughs> or mom on, or dad. Yes. Yeah. Say, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Quiet now. It's like, no, yeah. no, no, I want this one. No, mommy <laughs> likes this one. We're going to watch it. No, I want this one. <laughs> oh, so back to the, the podcast, children have horrible taste in music. So he's saying, yeah, you kind of, don't try and say, all right, kids, this is the music I like, because uh, then they'll inevitably turn away and say, oh, gross. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you just have to kind of slip it in. It was interesting and fun, uh, as his podcasts usually are, but also, um, yeah, it kind of confirmed uh, what we're doing. So it was kind of cool. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I put off recording this tonight because we were watching... The tri penultimate, <laughs> the uh, the second two penultimate. What do you what do you call that episode? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I'm sure there's a name. The semi penultimate sure. episode <laughs> of of a series of unfortunate events. Have you seen any of those? I have not seen uh, season Any-new two. Uh, let's see. Did I watch? Okay. I don't remember if I only watched the trailer or if I watched episode one of uh-huh. season two. We watched all of season one. Right. Yeah. And now there's season three is out. Season three is out. Oh, grief. Yeah, that's, that's the end. Okay. Right. So yes, I'm not sure if we'll get to him. I think we. It's just it is very well written, yeah. superbly acted. Hmm. If you like that sort of um, big, you know, comedic style, mm-hmm. uh, because it's not played straight at all ever. I mean, it is, but uh, in a in an overly dramatic, in a melodramatic way, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, you know played. Straight. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. You know, the tragedy is really, really played up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, everybody is having a jolly old time, and especially Pat- Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, certainly, is brilliant. <laughs> we it's just constantly laughing mm. through that thing at his expressions and asides. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying like season three or the the series got better. It does get better, as I it, think, as yeah. far as enjoyment is concerned. Yes, oh, very much. That's interesting. Yeah, the the first one, everybody is sort of figuring out their path, mm-hmm. and then by the second one, they hit their stride, and the third one, they're they're just going ninety oh. with it. So, yeah. Well, maybe I will have to give it a, no another chance. I would. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. And if nothing else, you know, the, the just the little things. So every once in a while, there'll be something thrown in, just as an aside. Mm-hmm. That one of them says, <laughs> like, "Ooh, that's not a, that's not a kid show line," <laughs> ah. <laughs> or uh, or some, you know, just some facial. I don't know. He's a really good, not shtick, but 
a really good clownish actor. Mm-hmm. He's having so much fun with it at shows. Yeah. All right. Well, highly recommended. I enjoyed season one, but not enough to, mm-hmm. you know, because there's just so many things to watch. There's so many yeah. things on the list. I was like, eh. Right. It's been on my sure. it's been on my queue for however mm-hmm. long. Uh, we yeah. can't call it a queue anymore because don't get the DVDs. It's been on my list for you know months and months and months, and we never got to it. So eh, I'll get this, take it off my list. <laughs> Probably not going to get to it. Well, we did finally watch Black Panther. Okay, good. All right. Well, hit me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I I don't have, think it was anywhere near Best Picture. Um. I, okay. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was a good. Good romp. What are the best Marvels, for sure? Yeah, I would say, sure. Yeah, I think it was well-written, and um, <laughs> I liked Andy Serkis a lot. I mm-hmm. liked, uh, who's the guy that played uh, the Black Panther, the king? and Jordan. Michael Jordan is the villain. Yeah. yeah. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Ah, yeah, I liked him a lot. Um, I liked his sister a lot, and uh, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. Um, I knew him from uh, Friday Night Lights. He, he mm-hmm. came in later. Right. Later bit of yeah, that. Which I'd never seen, but I knew I, I've seen him in something else. Mm-hmm. But I knew he was on that. Yeah. And very good. The the battle rhinos were <laughs> humorous. <laughs> um kinda like, uh okay. all right, this is a little too obvious, but then again, it was fun that they were that they yeah. exist. Megan liked the battle rhinos. <laughs> and the tech was pretty dang cool. Yeah. The effects were incredible. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but it did it just didn't hit me as a Best picture, but then again, I hardly ever like best pictures. Sure, you know, as I see them, didn't really particularly care for La La Land. It had a couple good numbers, and I just I didn't think it was great. <laughs> I haven't seen the the Water Alien one. What was that last year's? Uh, is so it, Shape of Water, like the Water for Chocolate? No, no, no it was, Shape of yeah, Water. Shape of water. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the sequel. Is <laughs> prequel rather <laughs> like Water for Chocolate? I think I'm an old man. I'm pretty sure. Like Water for Chocolate is the prequel, and then. <laughs> shape of water shape of water yeah. and suddenly there's this water man okay and water man uh, yeah kind of a um, what do they call it when the, the the movies run parallel to each other and then you know may or may not converge uh, you know sort of like the Avenger ones uh, concurrent okay that's all I can think yeah, of yeah I got I was gonna do a, some sort of forced uh, water world uh, thing uh, but, but this yeah I'm gonna go ahead and let's move yeah. on <laughs> There was just I listened to several uh, Beach Boys um, acapella yeah. tracks, mm-hmm. so just separated things mm-hmm. from various you know albums or rehearsals. Yeah, um, just really fantastic vocal mix as always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really, really do enjoy them. Is that, but other than that, is that it? I don't know. There's a ton of stuff that I have. I just nothing particular. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of things I have to listen to. Yeah. Um, making my my to-listen playlist. Right. I have my, I think my short list for 2018 is pretty finished. Hmm. I think it is. You have to post I've that got, in some um, show notes or something. I've got 25 songs on it, and yeah, maybe I will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will. <laughs> Make me. <laughs> I only have, um, I have two songs by Casey Musgraves, because I think she had, if not the best, near the top best album i heard all last year mm-hmm. so yeah or from 2018 however you mm-hmm. <laughs> however you want to see it some of these a couple of these i listened to in january but yeah hey uh, i'll link oh. i'll link my best of yes in, excellent um i I, I wanted to say i really like coyote the, the johnny mitchell share from last week 
Sure. I like that song a lot. I'd never heard it before. Yeah. And I don't right. like um, the things that made her most popular <laughs> when she hit the uh, the big mm-hmm. time, uh, yeah, I don't know, 10 years ago. I, I don't know when it was. Super. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was more like 20 years ago. Okay. She was know. very, that is almost minimalist compared to what she had done before early on mm-hmm. because she has these very long melodies. Mm-hmm that sort of meander around. You're not really sure where they're going sometimes. Mm. And uh, she just has a way of drawing out, you know, lyrics and lines and, and in a way that, uh, you know, wasn't really that nobody had, had done before that I can think of outside what opera, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it was all her. Yep. She, she put all of that together. Um, she was a, a, a musical force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. uh, from the from the beginning almost. Mm. I would say probably didn't hit her stride until album three, at least two, but probably three. But then, uh, and and then not after Don Juan's for me. After, maybe maybe after Hajira. There, there's like always, you know, there are some great tracks on most of her albums, and some eh stuff mm-hmm. uh, around them. Very few, just you know, killer all the way uh, through. Yeah. Um, I, I, what was I going to say? I heard something from Abbey road today, um, mm-hmm. that I really liked and it yeah. kind of, kind of amazed. Oh, it was golden slumbers. Um, mm. kind of amazed that there were so many good, al- good tunes on that one. Like, uh, well, yeah. no wonder so many people like Abbey road. It's like good <laughs> grief. Right. And it's like, okay, come together. Something. Uh, oh, and, Oh, by the way, um, I'm starting to, and I was never a, a big Beatles fan, right? In, no, in the weren't. sense that uh, I knew a lot about them. You know, mm-hmm. I just liked some of their some of their music that, as it came up. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Um, I remember kind of one of those locked in my memories from childhood events. We were in the Corvair, I think, uh, <laughs> you and and mom and I, and we were all singing along to Maxwell's Silver Hammer. You know, that was a fun a fun moment. Uh, I don't remember that. Do remember? Weird. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's see. Oh, darling, I don't know. Octopus's Garden. Um, mm-hmm. Here comes the sun. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, because Mean Mr. Mustard. Uh, <laughs> Golden Slumbers. You know the end. That there's a lot of super classic tunes on that album. Yeah, and that medley is just snippets. There's not even a lot of finished stuff in there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, Golden Slumbers is a minute and a half, and that's a good piece of music mm-hmm. uh the other thing i was just about to say was i i really love george harrison and his um contributions to the beatles yeah some of it they were reluctantly going along with yeah because they felt they had to you know well we're in the beatles you gotta get, <laughs> gotta do that gotta do their thing so i can do mine <laughs> that became more of a a thing hmm. but they suppressed george as a songwriter for long john and paul did mm-hmm. for a long time because they had so much to put on, and they th- they thought, you know, he's the youngest, so he, you know, mm. doesn't. <laughs> he's not as uh, mature a songwriter, mm-hmm. and uh, George had a lot of stuff to prove. Yeah, so he he tried really hard, and of course, you know, came into his own. I don't know. That's interesting. You think he's more sophisticated? I don't know if that's the case. He, I, you know, I'm coming from kind of a quite the outsider's viewpoint. You know, not yeah. being. Well versed yes, in their entire catalog, sure. But you're also um, quite knowledgeable in uh, both music theory and in practice. Well, I guess that's true. 
Well, it was my major. <laughs> yeah, very nearly. Yeah. Well, uh, that's good. Let's wrap it up. Well, this being let's do, do some yeah, this being a, a Beatles discussion suddenly. Yeah, we might as well go go out with <laughs> and, uh, something coincidentally related to episode number sixty four. Yeah, so there's the music for that. Right. And if you <laughs> if you want to send us an email, then you can send it to bros at it's just called two brothers dot com. Uh, you can tweet at us at ijsu2b, and you blog every day at marcusharwell.com. Yeah, barely. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to sleepily do them while I'm, uh, uh, you know, ready for bed and desperately <laughs> like, oh, trying to think of something. I, <laughs> I was like, oh, my blog. It's midnight. <laughs> you wake up at eleven fifty-eight. <laughs> well, like I, as I said before, I've, I've been spending more time trying to craft the the uh, the art pieces, the, the little mm-hmm. the little works, yeah, um, that I've been putting at the top and. <laughs> That uh, that eats up um, the the sort of writing time. <laughs> so, well, I don't think you necessarily have to put something profound. You could have a, you know, do yeah, do know. the art piece and um, mm-hmm. either a few words about it or say, you know, yeah. uh, do a weekly Sometimes wrap do up. That, but it feels something. lazy. Yeah. Hey, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like someone's working for their car, man. Oops, it's her clip. Me. It sounds like you're working for your car. Simplify, man. They lost my earframe there. Oh, insert that clip.